opens your heart to experience life at a whole new level. That's what brings the magic from within you so that you can start giving your true passion, your true self to the world in these times of need so that one day we could come without that mind, we could come with all heart and not only heal ourselves, but heal the world in the process. Welcome to the Emotional Compass. This is Bodhi. And Abiel. How are y'all doing today? Well, I'm doing good. Well, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> uh, but going through the motions, getting there. Uh, how about you? I'm good. I'm, I'm itching to, uh, to get back into the routine of things like gyms and movie theaters and hugging people and high-fiving and shaking hands. I'm, I'm ready for all that just to happen. And I'm going to time travel right now and remember this conversation in the just near future and say, man, I remember when I was talking about not social distancing and all that craziness. So time warp, I hope. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely miss those things. But I think the biggest lesson that I have learned throughout this whole lockdown and quarantine and isolation is detaching yourself from any outcome. And, and the reason I say that, because I had all these like goals in mind, right? I wanted to get fitter and stronger and mentally healthy because for for me honestly like the mental health is way more important than I'm, I don't I don't want to say way more important than the physical health but it's on par with the physical health and so doing any kind of routine or setting any kind of goal I wanted that outcome like hey I want to be mentally strong and physically strong and as I went through day by day doing, you know, the routines of running or working out or even meditating, I realized that the attachment to the goal will bring me suffering. Because if I see myself not reaching that goal soon enough, and I saw that happening with me, I was like, I want to get there where I look a certain way or I think a certain way or act a certain way or respond to situations in a certain way. I'm like, that attachment is bringing me disappointment because I'm not there already and it's making me suffer. And boy, did I suffer. Until that epiphany one day where I said, you know what? Just fall in love with the process. Just fall in love with working out every day. Fall in love with meditating every day. Fall in love with writing in your gratitude journal every day. Fall in love with showing up as the best version yourself at work every day. And once you fall in love with that, the side effects, the outcome, the results will eventually happen. Maybe they'll happen in a week, a month, 
a year, few years, a decade, who knows? So I want to, I want everybody that's listening to, to do a little experiment with me right now. I want you to think clearly, what are your limitations for bench press? Like think about a number of how much you bench press. Some people can't even lift the bar. Some people have been able to do great amounts of weight. But I want you to put on and stack on some weights in your mind and put them in the barbell. Now, I want you to double that weight of however much you've ever lifted. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want with your mind to slowly push it all the way up and then back down. And then do that 10 more times in your mind really, really fast. And now the weight feels super light. All done? Here's the secret. Just because you think that you lift it doesn't change your muscles. So thinking about your goals is way different than lifting your weight or going to the gym. One is a mental construct and then the other one's a physical activity. So for me, the art is in the doing, not in the thinking. And when we're creating goals, we're creating thoughts. And these thoughts are just air. They're nothing. Not until you get up and do what you need to do to get them accomplished. So the process is setting a schedule, showing up, going to the gym, putting in some time, and then rinse and repeat over again. And, and if, if you put the value into that process, which we call them process goals, then after a year, the results are going to be automatic. If you make it your process to buy healthy foods at the supermarket and avoid buying the junk food, then you don't even have to worry about not eating the junk food that's in your cupboard or your refrigerator. So the process was to go to the supermarket, buy healthy foods, buy vegetables. So when we start separating what thoughts are and what actions are, and we, we give ourselves the ability to do the action, all of a sudden we start engaging our physical body. Because for me, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual are one. They're called my life. There is no separation between the physical and there's no separation between the mental and there's no separation between the spiritual. They're all combined to create a healthy human life, soul, being, a human being. So I've been focusing on the wrong things. For instance, Bodhi and I had a really good conversation about me posting on Instagram and I made really good thoughts of posting on Instagram, but I did not make good process goals to post on Instagram. I needed to set a time on a daily basis, just like I brushed my teeth to make that baby grow. So to sum it up, thoughts will always lead you to disappointments. The magic is in the doing. The magic is in the showing up. It's not about going at it 100%. It's about showing up. It's about Atomic habits, it's about the little baby steps that we take on a daily. So think about what is it that you need to do a little bit of every day so that you could accomplish your goal.
Do you have anything right now, Bodhi, that you're doing on a daily basis to accomplish your goals? Oh, yeah. And this, this one, actually, it's so simple, but it surprised me. And uh, all last year, I had this goal that I wanted to start writing my book. Uh, I've been wanting to write this book on relationships because I've been through tumultuous relationships, been divorced, and, uh, and wanted to write a book kind of assimilating everything that I've learned and how to get better at relationships. And I kept formulating this idea, writing little scraps of notes here and there. And then once this whole lockdown started, my friend Zach and I had this idea, because he's also writing a book, but he's writing a technical book. Um, We're like, what if we just set aside an hour every day and just write on our book? And so we started doing that. Initially, it just sounded weird. And I was like, this is not going to work. It's been now three months where we've consistently showed up an hour every day. We show up on Zoom and we write together. We're not talking. It's just that accountability that someone's there to watch you and make sure that you're writing. And three months later, I already have like a third of my book written, which I am actually shocked and I am really surprised that it's that simple. Like you said, you know, it's like the thoughts, which which I was having and amazing thoughts all of last year did not result into even a thousand words. But now that I kept showing up with action every day for consistently for three months, I have 20,000 words written. And I am just amazed that it's, it's simple. But it's not easy because it takes consistency, it takes diligence, it takes that attitude that I want to make this happen. And now that I see all these words on paper and I see all the difference that I've made, I want to keep going. It keeps me exciting or keeps me excited to show up every day and write more because as Zach put it, you know what happens when you write every day? Well, eventually you get a book. So I want to keep writing. And that said, I was watching The Last Dance, which is this documentary created around Michael Jordan's career, especially around those last few years when they won those those championships against uh, the Utah Jazz. Now, Michael Jordan, I was a huge fan of and I watched basketball just because of him. Honestly, I stopped watching basketball once he left. And uh, it reminds me of that time when he, they started and they were new team and they were trying to make it, right? They, they were no-name team, the Chicago Bulls. Nobody knew about the Chicago Bulls when Jordan started and Pippen started. Nobody knew about them. The first two years, they made it to the Eastern Final Conference and they lost. And they got frustrated. But after their second loss, the third time, they did not even take a break. They didn't take a summer vacation. You could see Jordan, he himself showed up early and started hitting the gym because he wanted to become stronger because he was getting pushed around by that other team. Can't remember who it was. Um, But he was getting pushed around by them. So he's like, I need to get physically stronger. So he himself, after 
The second day, I mean, the next day after they lost the Eastern Conference, he showed up at the gym. Not only him, the whole team showed up and the entire summer, they worked diligently and really hard to make sure that they become the best team ever. And it was not an accident that they ended up winning the championship that year. It's because their actions matched and aligned with what they wanted finally. The team was the the Pistons, Isaiah Ryder and right. Dennis Rodman. There's a couple of bruisers in that team. And they systematically looked at what was lacking and they were just getting beat up. And it's amazing that they made it the process to get stronger. They They looked at their weaknesses collectively and they made a plan. And Michael Jordan was a leader on that one. It was amazing to, uh, to see that documentary. I really enjoyed it as well. Uh, for me personally, I've been putting a lot of time into my golf game. I've been systematically looking at my weaknesses, and I've been incorporating that into my practice with uh, a focus on process and not so much goal-oriented. So my process is to go through my pre-shot routine, uh, at one point, I was even timing it to get uh, a span between 8 and 12 seconds. And I wanted to get into that rhythm so that I could start then not even having consciously to think about it. It's more like a reflex to think about it. So I wanted to talk about another process that allows us to get out of the thinking and into the intuitive. So for all you out there that have never heard of this book, I really recommend it. The name of the book is called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain is a really, really interesting book. It was written by Betty Edwards and it it started back in the 1970s, I believe it's 1976. And the book's premises is that we are all amazing artists, artists that start to develop from an early age. And then around the age of five or six, a uh, parent starts telling the kid that a house does not look like that. A house looks like this. And before you know it, they become disappointed and discouraged with their art because they start becoming encapsulated. They start getting boxed in into what things look like. Uh, like a horse does not have red spots or a cat is not the color purple or a bird does not have three heads but only has one. So the creativity gets stifled. Not only that, they stop drawing because they don't get, they, they stop getting praise. They start getting criticized. So those kids that don't get criticized and parents encourage them to draw dogs with eight legs, keep drawing and then they keep on developing until eventually they keep on drawing through their teens and their 20s and then they become artists. So. In the, the crazy thing about the book, it shows that where you are as an artist is where you left off as a kid. And the fact that you're not any better is because you quit on it, not because you did not have the talent for it, which is really interesting. And there's some people that might debate whether that's true or not. But what we start doing is we start creating symbols, like we draw a face. So our face consists of an oval with a pyramid, that would be the nose, with two almonds, which are the eyes, and then some hairline. And that's our face. 
Well, what the book makes you do is makes you grab a photo and flip it upside down and start drawing what you're seeing upside down, which takes away your association with your thoughts of what a face looks like, and it opens up the intuitive right side of the brain. So the book is really interesting. It gives you a, a synopsis on like what the right side of the brain does, which is in intuitive, holistic, sees the grand picture, and what the left side of the brain does, which is algebra, mathematics, it says that dogs have four feet. It says that birds are only black, tan. Uh, some peacocks have purple. And that horses are brown, black, or spotted with white. You know, it just, it's logic. So the book takes you on this amazing journey that takes you away from logic into this intuitive realm of art and magic and music. So what I really like about the book is be, it puts you in touch with aspects of yourself that are part of the collective. I call that the collective. But it takes the mind away and it opens you up to the artist inside of you, to, to the magic that comes through source that's coming through you. So the reason why I'm bringing it up is because so much of the time we spend is mental energy telling you that dogs don't have eight feet, that you don't do it this way. When in reality, our ability to learn is to make mistakes and go out there and figure it out through trial and error. So the book brought a lot of incentives for me to experience things from a non-judgmental way, from a kinesthetic way, from a way where I am coming to this experience with a set of wonder, with a sense of discovery. So many times we criticize and we judge ourselves because we are no longer running our program. Our parents are running our programs. Our third grade teacher that told us that we're no, not going to be anybody in our lives runs that program. So we have all this baggage programming in our mind that gets in the way. And drawing on the right side of the brain is a way for you to cut the fuse of that mental bomb that's about to ruin your day by getting into the right side of the brain, by getting into the doing, by experiencing magic on a daily basis. And what you're going to realize is that when you start going through this book and these processes, it's going to become so effortless to come from the right side of the brain and start getting connected with source and start doing magic and start doing art and start doing music because all those things balance you off as a human being. Being stuck on the left side of the brain, the intuitive, the logical, the, the mathematical is, is a tool. But there's times where you need to stop working with tools and start playing in the real world. So I totally recommend you guys taking the time and reading this book and doing a little bit of art and start getting into your process of living, your process of doing, your process of just being alive because that's what cuts the fuse to your mental bombs. That's what opens your heart to experience life at a whole new level. That's what brings the magic from within you so that you can start giving your true passion, your true self to the world in these times of need so that one day we could come without that mind, we could come with all heart and not only heal ourselves, but heal the world in the process. 
<laughs> Sorry, I, I got into the I got into the rant phase. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, basically, what you're saying is, if you want to get out of your own way, explore the right side of your brain. A hundred percent. And I could not agree more. I feel like the more I have engaged my right side of my brain. I have seen how I can get rid of those barriers and obstacles that were preventing me to become the best version of myself. I was in my own way. I was in my own way with my own self-judgment, my own self-negative talk, my own critique. I'm like when people say I am my own biggest critic, I don't think that's a healthy thing. Don't consider that as a positive thing. Basically, you're throwing a lot of shade on yourself. You're being judgmental of yourself. You're critiquing yourself. You're being hard on yourself. You're kicking yourself when you're down. That's not good. Those aren't good things whatsoever. And the only reason I'm saying it, because I do that. I totally do that with myself. And what I've learned is that instead of doing all of those things, I have to start looking at where I can basically become my own biggest cheerleader. It's a, it's a really hard shift. It's not an easy shift, but that mindset shift from becoming your biggest critic to your biggest cheerleader is what's going to set you apart, is what's going to make your life more joyful, more successful, more satisfying, more contentful. Yeah, the, uh, there's a couple of points I want to add. Um, for all you out there that are struggling with that inner voice, it's not so much for it to be quiet. It's, not, it's for us to not get fixated in it because if we get fixated in not having that little voice, it becomes louder. If we get fixated in it not saying the right things, it gets worse. So it's not so much cutting out the inner critic. It's about not taking it that seriously. Also, when I read that book, I was about 14 years old. And I remember I used to, oh man, I used to draw a ton, but it was in church. Like when the sermon was happening, I used to draw the, uh, the preacher or the, the, the guy that was giving the sermon. And a lot of the times... Um, the way they, they would respond to the caricature I had made of them would made me honor what they were preaching depending on their response. So for those that couldn't take it that seriously, that were taking it too seriously, I, I always skipped on their sermon. And for those that laughed about it and enjoyed it, I, I respect them even more. But when I started going through this book, my skill set for art went through the charts. It was night and day. The book also has some before and after photos of adults going through the workshop. And it's, it's unbelievable how good they get within a matter of weeks. Because when that shift happens from the, right si- from the left side of the brain to the right side of the brain, it's the most craziest thing I swear that I had ever experienced. Even today, thinking about it, it shifts my mind immediately. So if you want a button 
to open up your creativity, to make the, the artists out of you that you had never experienced come out, for you to see the world in a different way for you to see diverging lines everywhere you look and you could see perspective where you see things that you never thought you could see before. I swear it changes your perspective. I feel like anybody out there that wants to see more beauty in the world needs to grab a pencil, needs to grab chalk, needs to grab some pastels, needs to grab some acrylics or oils or, or chalk or charcoal and draw because your eyes are capable of seeing so much beauty. And for you to be able to impose or to put in paper the beauty that you see, that's going to give you back that satisfaction everywhere you look. It's crazy, but I, I love seeing with my eyes. And it's such a blessing to be able to see. So oh, don't take that inner voice that seriously. It's just, it's just giving you feedback based on all the information you've gained from your past and from your parents that are trying to, trying to save you from pain. But in reality, we're not here to survive. We, we're not cavemen anymore. We don't have to go out into the woods and catch some rabbits or fish our fish. We got supermarkets where we could just pick up our food. It's time to thrive. It's time to realize that we are given so many opportunities because of the situation and the circumstances we're living in that there's no more time for us to be worried about our little voice talking shit to our mind. Who cares? Let them say you can't. Get your ass out there. Go walk and do what you've been wanting to do all this time because now is the time. You have zero limitations. Think about it. I've seen so many people with disabilities accomplish so many amazing things. And for those of you out there that, are, that have your disabilities, amen to you. And for all you out there that don't have any, don't feel bad that people with disabilities are doing more than you are. Just show up, do the work, and feel good about it because it's in the doing where the magic happens, not in the thinking. Now that's a quotable quote. <laughs> in the doing, the magic happens and not in the thinking. I think if we were to end the show on that note, that would be a beautiful note. And, a, and it sums up the whole show really beautifully because that's what we're talking about. Show up, do the work. Don't spend so much time thinking because thinking is not going to get you the end result. Only the work and the doing of it will give you the end result. So as always, we love you. And this work is you know, it's so from the heart. It's really a labor of love. And we would love it if you share this work, you rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if this episode resonated with you, give us a shout out, go to our website, theemotionalcompass.com, send us a note. We want to know how your process goals are going, how you're showing up, how you're doing the work. And uh, we want to share that story with everyone else. You couldn't have said it any better. And write, write a review, share with your family members, give us some feedback about subjects and books that you'd like to talk about because all those things we're here to discover just as much as you are. So until further, this is Abiel. And this is Bodhi. And this is The Emotional Compass.